Welcome to episode number 77 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. So I want to talk with you today about something I think that will resonate for many of you because it's something that has, um, I think, become so enlightening to me over the past couple of years, probably. The more client work I do, the more work that I do in building my own businesses and on becoming a better version of myself, I see this theme pop up so frequently and I want to address it so that maybe you can start to think about what it means to you and whether or not it's problematic for you too. So um, before we get into that, it is... uh, it's a rainy day here in Cleveland, Ohio, and I went and got my hair cut this morning and um and I'm just like it's one of those days where I feel like I I came home, I put on comfy clothes. My kids are in their PJs watching TV, and at this point, we got 10 days left until school starts and I just think, you know what? They're going to sit on the couch and if they just have the next 10 days of staying on the couch, I'm all right with it. <laughs> I'm like over it. We have done camps, we have traveled this summer, we have gone to Denver and DC. And we have, you know, we've like had our summer, you know what I mean? And now it's time to feels like, you know, prepare for school and get all of the supplies ordered and make sure that they have shoes that fit and uh, pants that fit. Uh, Although I'm pretty sure that um, neither child has has pants that fit uh, because they have grown so tremendously uh, over the summer, it feels like. My children are literally growing up uh, before my eyes. My oldest son is now taller than me, and it weirdly freaks me out. I mean, it's just a strange feeling to know that I have produced a human that is now bigger than I am. Is not heavier than I am. Not yet, but I'm sure that's coming. But he is taller than me, and I have to kind of look up just the slightest amount. And, oh, man, that's like parenting on a whole nother level. So, um, so that's been, you know, that's where we are here and in our household. And I don't know if you guys just saw, but Barbie just hit 1 million, uh, excuse me, $1 billion as a, um, Greta Gerwig is now the first, uh, woman director to have a box office hit, um, create a billion in, uh, in sales and revenue at the box office. And I just think that is incredible. So just to, um, just for that reason, I'm going to go see the movie. I'm not sure, uh, if you have, or if you have any thoughts about it, but it looks cute and why not? So, um, but that's what we're doing around here. We're getting ready for, uh, thinking about going to see Barbie. We're getting ready for school. I'm super excited to send these children packing back to school and get their asses back into a learning environment and out of my hair. So it's super exciting. Um, and, uh, and private practice is growing. Uh, I'm just about, I've got my fifth, uh, client, uh, patient scheduled. And if you have been listening to the podcast, you'll know, you'll know that my first, you know, the first goal was to get patient number one in the door. Next goal was to get patient number, uh, the fifth patient through the door. And, uh, and that's about to happen in the next week or two. And that just feels really exciting. So, so all sorts of, uh, fun things going on around here, which is great. Uh, and, uh, and we're seeing, you know, we're in the height of tomato season and peppers and zucchini and, you know, just enjoying some of the fruits of, um, all of the, uh, you know, produce that's local and peaches and plums and raspberries and all the goodies. So it's been fantastic. So, um, but let's talk about this thing that I think probably, if you're a higher a high achiever um or you know consider yourself to be a high achieving human or woman this is probably something that you're going to want to pay attention to 
And, um, and I want to talk through it and give you some examples and then also give you some things to think about and to chew on, because I think that's really probably the most valuable piece here for you. So when we usually do something, and many of you, this will sound familiar to many of you, because I, I talk about this often on the podcast, which is the idea that when we go out into the world and do challenging things, our brain hates it. The brain just despises change. If you have worked in change management, or if you have worked in coaching, or if you have been at the bedside and worked with a patient, you would under, you can very clearly under, or if you have even been the person who tried to start a workout routine, you can probably identify uh, with knowing that when you are doing something new, it can feel very, very hard, very hard and almost insurmountable in some cases, right? And so very often for, you know, whatever scenario that you're in, when you are um, doing something that requires you to change, very often there is some resistance. And, um, and, and, and all of that can feel so hard. But I want to talk through this because I think that what typically many of my clients and what I've done in the past, and one thing that I have worked on and really grown to appreciate and accept uh, about myself, uh, and that I also see in, in so many of my clients, is this tendency to resist change, resist growth, resist discomfort, resist uh, anxiety, resist worry resist fear. And many of you will know that on this podcast, we talk a lot about entrepreneurship and I interview so many nurse CEOs who come into the podcast and talk about their businesses. And we really talk through a lot of the mindset piece and what, what are the things that they would recommend and, and the advice that they would give to our budding nurse CEOs. And what I think is, is so interesting is that many of us who go out into the world and we do big things, we're probably on the achieving side, right? If we were to do a Clifton Strengths profile on ourselves, some of us would have the um, strengths of someone who is high in executing, right? We are the people who, you know, we're not necessarily maybe afraid of it, but we just go out and do. And we are the doers and, you know, give us a checklist and we'll get out there and we will make it happen. And, and very often, I think for those of us who are, who are really good at it, right, it is our strength and it's something that naturally makes us stand out from the crowd. We also have somewhat of a blind spot there, which is the tendency sometimes to either do without thinking it through, right? This is very typical. You'll see it in a person who, when asked to do something as a default says yes, and then goes home and is like, shit, what did I just agree to? Oh, or the person who says yes, gets in there and is like, oh, wait, I think I said yes without actually knowing all the terms of this agreement, right? Like this is when your boss is like, hey, I'm going to need you to do that thing, like to come over and I just want you to do this little thing and put together this program. And you're like, yeah, yeah, no problem, whatever. <laughs> I could totally do that. And you're like, achiever is so satisfied because you go out and you do something, right? And then you get in there and then there are all these other you know, other factors that are coming into it and other complicating issues and all the things that you didn't really scope out, do your due diligence on, or that weren't offered to you during the negotiation of terms, right? And and you get in there and you're like, oh my God, this is a total shit show. What am I doing here? Shit, 
right? Those of us who are the achievers and who have usually the strengths um, uh, in an executing um, uh, style, we are the people who we go out and do. And sometimes that bites us in the ass a little bit. But what I think is so interesting is that very often, one of the things that we have had to, by nature, uh, get over and really overcome is resistance. Because if you want to be the person who goes out and builds a private practice, or you build the new program within your um, your group, or you go out and build an online course, you're going to have to put up with some resistance, right? Your brain may tell you, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Let's not get out of bed today. And you may just be like, oh yeah, brain, like, oh, I gotcha. Uh, I know you want to stay in bed and, you know, watch 1883 in, you know, ad nauseum today until we finish the whole the whole damn thing. But you know, look, like, let's go out and do this, this thing. It's going to be super fun. And like, even if it's not super fun, there's, there's some value in it, or it's going to make us some money, or it's going to be really helpful to somebody, right? And so you just, you know, work your brain around it. And you're like, yeah, right. And then you get out of bed, and you go and do the thing. But what's so fascinating is that that ability to do in spite of maybe some of the other thoughts or maybe the family members who are like, why are you creating that course? That sounds really stupid. Nobody's going to buy that. Right. And you're like, yeah, whatever, you know, number one, fuck off. And number two, I'll figure it out. Like, and if nobody wants to buy it, I'll just market it to a different audience and maybe you could find it useful. Right. The doers of the world and the executors tend to look at the, um, the obstacles that come up and we are skilled at navigating those obstacles, overcoming barriers. We're skilled at still getting it done even in the face of adversity, even when we resist, either because our bodies are resisting because they're tired and we just keep pushing or because we are, um, you know, we resist uh, maybe all of the worry or the, you know, a lot of the um, discomfort of, you know, actually going out there and doing something. We just get good at it, it to our strength. We get good at actually fighting the resistance, right? The resistance to stop even when you feel tired, the resistance to um, cave even when you can't figure it out, the resistance to just throw the towel in, you know, and let it all burn to hell because. Why are we even doing this, right? The people who are the executors of the world or who have some themes, the theme of executing within their top five are usually the people who, despite, you know, a load of reasons why or, you know, some sort of feelings, they keep going. And that exact strength, because it is a strength, because most people, if you, right, especially in our community of, uh, you know, nurse practitioners and nurses, and I work with a lot of people, all of my clients come into the program and we immediately do a Clifton Strengths profile on them because I want to understand what I'm working with, right? And I want you as the client to understand what am I working with, right? And then I want to know a little bit more about you so I can coach you a little bit better, knowing full well, you know, your top three or your top five strengths. Um, and then generally what categories you fit into based on those top three or top five strengths. But that what's so fascinating about most of us who go out and do the big things is that we are very skilled in resisting, again, when we're tired or when the haters say that's never going to happen or, you know, when the, um, you know, when all the reasons suggest like we shouldn't do the thing, but we just have that gut hunch, that hunch and we're like, you know what, we're just going to go out and do it anyways. Many of us have really developed a skill of resisting all of that negativity and just putting the you know blinders on and we just like truck forward, right? It makes us really passionate people. It makes us people who go out into the world and do incredible things, 
right? Sometimes to our own fault, right? Because sometimes we just, right? Sometimes we let our relationships fall to the wayside. Sometimes we end up not having um, perception into like what's going on in the world around us. Sometimes we do miss the whole, the, the larger picture, because we're so focused on doing and getting it done and, you know, um, seeing the thing happen, the private practice, you know, the first patient through the practice or the, you know, the online, the first sale in the online course. And so, but what is so, so key here is that when you are blessed in a, in a, for lack of a better word, but when you are blessed with a strength, often what happens is there is usually if you're willing to objectively look at it, there's often a blind spot there. And the art of um, resisting uh, that helps you be so successful and that makes your boss want to come to you with every fucking project because he or there knows that you will get it done, that actual strength sometimes can be the thorn in your side. Sometimes it can be what makes it challenging to slow down. Sometimes that act of resistance Sometimes we can actually use it against ourselves, right? And one of the concepts that I teach in Nurses Living the Good Life is this concept of having your own back and really becoming a person who is self-confident and who exists in the world as a highly confident individual and how to create that result, right? Like if you want to become the nurse CEO who is um, uh, highly self-confident, then what do you have to go about to do? to do that and to create that result for yourself. And I walk through, I literally walk my clients step-by-step through this process within our private member portal and and the training that I do. But what's so fascinating is that sometimes for some of us, we actually have to look at that resistance and we have to ask ourselves, oh, am I using this against myself in this moment? Do I have my own back? And I'll give you a perfect example. I had a client who was um, who we were talking through um, her, um, some of the things that are going on for her as she develops her identity as a coach. And she's talking about being a coach and this, this you know, how it, coaching is kind of like what we do as advanced practice nurses, it, it's, but it's not, it's a little bit different. And how would she become a coach and give up essentially being an MP? And we, we, we talked through this whole idea of, you know, in the beginning we talked through, well, do, is that true? Do you have to give up ever being a nurse? Even if you had the license or you didn't, do you ever have to give up the identity that you've created for yourself? Could it just be that you could have two identities? Could it be that you have multiple identities? And I don't mean in a pathologic way. I'm saying, could it be that you have multiple careers over your life, that you have multiple endeavors that you choose? you know, to go out and to do in the world, right? And and what if they were in 10-year increments? What if every 10 years you just switch careers? And you're like, for those 10 years, I'm going to sink my teeth into online courses. For those 10 years, I'm going to sink my teeth into inpatient care at the bedside. For those 10 years, I'm going to sink my teeth into coaching or mental health care. For the, right? And the story goes on and on. You could, you could essentially reinvent your career a bajillion times over. There's no shortage of ways to do that, right? And so we talked through this idea of, could it be both? Could you be a coach and an NP? Or could you be a coach and a midwife? And to carry both of those identities. And could you take what you love from both of them 
And could you blend it into this like new recipe, so to speak, right? If being a coach is one recipe and being a, a, a midwife is another recipe, what if we just like took the best ingredients out of both of those and then we put it together and we made this new amazing thing, this, the, the best cake possible. We took all the most amazing ingredients from this cake and all the most amazing ingredients from this cake and we just made it into this like brilliant piece of, you know, food. Like, wouldn't that be amazing? Like, what what if that could be true? And we're working through this and and that kind of got to the that kind of got us down the road a little bit. And you'll know if uh, if you do any coaching or if you ever coach with me, sometimes we just focus in on a topic and we really dive deep on it. And sometimes the topic that initially comes up that a client thinks is really problematic or bothersome, sometimes it's kind of surface level. And sometimes, and you may have even have even if you have no experience coaching, you may have seen this with your patients or with your children. Like sometimes they'll come to you and be like, "Oh my god." Will is so terrible. Oh my God, he did this and he hit me and blah, blah. And then, you know, you kind of are like, okay, what's going on for you? And then you peel back the layers and then you start to ask them a few more questions. They start to open up and, and then they're, they're giving you like, you know, and then they're just like, they feel terrible for whatever reason, or they're really frustrated because, you know, something happened at school and, you know, it then, you know, they had these big emotions and big feelings and they didn't process them. And then some, they came home and then their brother said something to them and they just were in a terrible mind space. And then it felt like the world was crashing around them, right? But we know it wasn't that one comment. It was probably the, the initial insult or whatever happened, right? It, it was, there was that surface level complaint and then there was kind of that, you know, deeper root cause. And so I think, you know, so anyways, so she was telling me, we were going through this conversation and we were talking through, you know, these two things and developing, you know, could it be true that um, playing with the thought, could it be true that you could have two identities, a coach and, you know, as an NP? And we were playing with that a little bit, but what was a little bit deeper and a little bit more um, under the surface was that every time I, I, she was talking and every time I had, a, you know, came back with kind of a different thought or a different approach or reframed to that, one of the most interesting things that happened during that, uh, that conversation was that she said, well, you know, I know I thought this, but, you know, maybe this isn't true or that was silly of me or um, I, well, I tried it, but I, you know, I didn't think it, um, you know, I just told myself, like, I should think it a little bit differently about it. And what really came up over the course of our conversation was that she was resisting every thought that she had that was, that was coming up, right? She would say, we would say, well, what if you were, what if you could be a coach in an MP? And she would say, uh, well, uh, but you know, well, I kind of thought that maybe that could be true, but then, you know, I just like, that's so stupid to think like, but I, I didn't, I, I, you know, toss that thought around a little bit, but you know, but I don't know. I mean, I shouldn't even think that way because like I have a fully, you know, um, I have a robust career as an NP. So like, why am I even trying to do all this? And it was fascinating. Over the course of our conversation, it just became more and more clear that she was resisting all the thoughts that she had about it. And all of the the credit, right? She in, in doing so and resisting kind of all of those initial thoughts that were coming up about incorporating coaching and you know developing maybe her kind of next step as as a coach and what that meant for her current identity and what it means for her ability to practice and kind of where she's going and what she's doing. The that she was so highly resistant to um, you know where she was right now in this moment. 
And she kept asking me, like, so what do I need to do? And you will, and you know, many, if you've coached with me before, you know that that's, that that's action line shit, right? And very often for the executors of the world, we tend to love to do uh, in the action, you know, area. We're like, what can I do to feel more self-confident? What can I do to go out and build the, the business? What can I do to get more clients in my practice? We're just like, do, 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 right? We're just like, what's the checklist? Let me get that shit done. Right, we go right to the action line and we fucking excel there. Like this is right, this is one of the things that people just love about us because we'll go out there and do, we just like get the shit done. But what's so fascinating is that sometimes what we do though is that when we're focused on just getting out there and doing the thing, we're not all then focused on what we're thinking, what we're feeling. And and here's what's so fascinating. If I go out there and I think, well, I'm going to build a business and I'm going to be a coach and I'm going to incorporate coaching into my practice and I'm going to learn how to, you know, I'm going to build a combined medical practice with coaching. Um, and and you go out there and then you start doing all the things, right? And you're like, I made the website and I went out and had the conversations with the clients and I'm using an organic marketing strategy and now I'm incorporating a digital marketing strategy and I'm doing all the things but I'm having a terrible time and it's really hard and I feel really frustrated. And very often the executors of the world will come to me and they will say, but so what do I do differently? That's my favorite thing. I just know, like, if you ask me that question, what am I supposed to do differently? I'm like, oh yeah, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. You don't have to do anything differently. You just have to be aware of when you are resisting how you are feeling and how you are thinking, and when it is not serving you. And what they will say to me is, but I, I know, I know, like, that's fine. But like, what am I supposed to do? Again, they come right back to the action line. And I'm like, I get it. I know you just want to do your way out of this. And you just want to like, go do all the things. But this is exactly what's getting you into this point right now. You have all these thoughts that are going on in the back of your mind. It's not possible to be an NP and a coach. It's not possible to build a business. It's not possible to have two businesses. It's not possible to incorporate one into the other. It's not possible to, um, you know, develop the identity of being a coach that I had as an MP. It's not possible, right? You have this, like, you have this chatter, this brain chatter that is taking up so much space. And instead of just allowing it to be there, and having your own back and creating this opportunity to be to be like a compassionate, um, uh, to be compassionate towards yourself and to be like, oh my gosh, look at my brain. It is on fire right now. It's asking a thousand questions. It just literally wants to like go do a checklist and stop feeling all of this dread and all of this worry and all this anxiety. It just wants to like go and do. It wants to go work. Give me all the things. Do I need to make the new ads? What do I need to do? instead of feeling, right? Instead of, and it's just resisting all those feelings and all those thoughts, resisting the worry and then telling yourself, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Like you should just be able to do this. You were a nurse practitioner. You had to go through nursing school. I mean, if you went through nursing school, you can do anything. So like, just fucking get your shit together. Come on, come on. You guys ever done that one? Yeah, that's like a, that's an old, that's an old, that's my inner critic Betty coming out, right? When she's just like, and Jesus, come on. You've done this before. Stop being an asshole. Like just do it, right? And sometimes that's a really good kick in the pants for me. But sometimes when it comes with this flavor of shame and guilt and like, and gee whiz, wow, you're taking a long time to figure this one out. 
shit, we could have made a lot of money. We could have helped a bunch of people. We could have helped all the humans, but you're over here fussing about something and like, man, oh, God, you're terrible, right? Like, do you hear that? It's that inner critic, right? And it's that level of resistance that literally comes from not wanting to feel all of those feelings and not wanting to process all of the, the big, heavy emotions and feelings that sometimes come up when we're doing these big things or when we get ourselves into a spot where we feel a little bit stuck. Resistance is just the refusal to accept something, right? And it, it, it's, it's, it's also, right, it's our brains just being like, no, 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 that can't be. Like, it just, like, I can't feel all that because if I, if I just allow myself to, like, noodle on the fact that it's highly uncomfortable to develop an identity as a coach, like, that would be terrible. You know, like, I, I should just, like, get over that. Really? Yeah, no. No. Actually, maybe not. And some of you will listen to this conversation and it it may not resonate for you because it may be just like, wait a minute, what is she talking about? Like, if you just want to like, if, if you're the person who goes out and does the thing, then like, yeah, just give yourself more things to do. No, but that sometimes what gets it. That's sometimes the thorn on our sides. That is sometimes the thing that gets us in the most trouble is going out and doing and doing and doing and not feeling. Literally, right? This is how people get into overuse cycles on um, binging and desk scrolling on their phones. This is how some people resort to um, overworking. They work every day of the week. They, you know, they work when they're at the baseball game. They work when they are sitting at the dinner table. They work when they are, you know, with their family, right? This is what happens when we are, um, when we use Netflix, right? We go and we resist how we feel. And so we just, we can't even take it anymore. And so we just like hole up in a room, watch Netflix for the day, right? Resisting is a, is a skill. It's a strength for sure, right? And resistance, that ability to be, um, to go against opposition, right? Uh, that can be highly useful for sure. We need people who are resistant, right? Who go out there and they do the big things. They don't care what anybody says and they don't care you know, what it means and, and whether society agrees or not. But there are some of us, right, who sometimes we too, we go out, we get so good at resisting all of the, the external stuff, what the haters say, what the neighbors say, that we start resisting ourselves. And we will start resisting exactly what's going on in our bodies, the feelings that we're having, the thoughts that we're having. And we're like, no, no, you can't feel that. No, no, you can't do that. No, I just got to like, just give me something to do. Like, give me a goddamn checklist. I mean, if I hear that once a day, you know, if I had a dime for every time I heard that from an advanced friend, just what do I do? Well, here's what you're going to do. You need to start feeling a little bit. You need to stop resisting and you need to start just allowing some of those emotions to be there without fighting them off. You need, right? Like some people say, but like, what about, you know, do I need to meditate or like, do I need to just like get my like, you know, morning routine, like up to snuff? And I'm like, I don't, you could try it. But you're just gonna you're you're all that you're doing is resisting how you feel and trying to action your way out of it. And it's not a useful tactic long term. In the short term, can have some benefits, right? Why? Because if you're the person building the business and it feels really tough, and all the haters are like, oh my God, that whole life coaching thing, like that is so ridiculous. Why would you ever throw away your nursing career to be a life coach? You're like, right, resisting all of that negativity and all of the haters around there, 
highly useful to be resistant to that type of thinking, right? And to protect yourself and to just be like, oh yeah, you can have all the thoughts you want. Not a problem. I'm going to go out and build my business and I'll see you next year. Sound good? Yeah, great. Maybe we won't see each other next year and that's not a problem either. Mm-hmm. See ya. Never. Mm-hmm. Right? Highly useful. But when you all of a sudden start resisting how you feel and you resist like, you know, well, I shouldn't have done it that way. And I, you know, I just shouldn't even be thinking about this. Like I just should go out and like start coaching, doing all the things and building the website. And like, I mean, I know it's like super silly to think about it, but I'm like, no, that's what got you in this place. This is what got you here in the first place. Your ability to just resist all the external stuff and just to keep going and, you know, keep your head buried in the sand and like keep plowing away. It's an amazing strength. And there's a blind spot to it, which is that you may in turn start resisting kind of what's going on in your own head and your own feelings, right? This is one of the biggest things I have learned as I have, and it's applicable in so many areas of life. It's one of the biggest things I have learned on the road to giving up gluten, and to becoming a person who lives gluten-free, which is coming up on the two-year mark of, you know, I mean, I've had gluten a number of times, you know, probably I could count on one hand the number of times I've actually had gluten over the past two years. Few and far between, which is how I prefer it to be, right? Because I've become a person who is gluten-free, not trying to be, not wanting to be. I am gluten-free. That's how I live, gluten-free, right? And sometimes when we're sitting at the table, like uh, this weekend, we went to the Guardians game downtown. We, the kids wanted to, um, there's a new uh, pizza by the slice shop that opened downtown Cleveland. They wanted to go to it after the game. And so we took them in there. I sat there at the table, my husband and my two children all having a piece of pizza. And when I tell you my husband got a piece called Tito's Hat, which our uh, GM, uh, the um, you know coach of our the Guardians is um, uh, Terry Francona. And so his nickname is Tito. And so they have this pizza um, that's, you know, Tito's Hat. It's like named after him. Uh, and so, I mean, when I tell you this pizza looked fucking amazing, I look amazing. It smelled good. I mean, it just, it was like dripping, like not a ton of grease, but you know, it had a little bit of grease. It was, it looks so good. And I'm sitting there in this pizza, right? In this pizza shop where there's all these people around. Everybody's eating pizza. I don't eat gluten. I don't eat dairy. End of story. Just who I am now. And I'm watching somebody consume, you know, something that I used to have a lot of love for and a lot of desire for. And something that even in the moment, even despite being two years gluten-free and dairy-free, two years under my belt. I still in that moment had this feeling of like, oh my God, that looks so good, right? And one of the best things that I have learned as a person who is gluten-free is that when those urges come up and when those thoughts come up of like, it would be so good to just have like one bite, like one bite wouldn't hurt. I sometimes have that thought, one bite wouldn't hurt, right? One bite wouldn't hurt. Oh, but it will, girl. Let me tell you something. It will. I just don't want to admit it, right? But when I have that thought come up, I have gotten really good at not trying to just you know, leave the restaurant because I could just action my way out of it. I could just be like, I'm just leaving the restaurant. I'm not going to sit here, right? I could just make the decision that every time my family has pizza or gluten or any dairy products that I just don't participate in dinner and then I leave and then I never eat with them. But on the other hand, I also have a family and I want to be around them and I don't want my food choices to get in the way of being able to enjoy company with them, right? While they are themselves, you know, having their moment with their food or whatever, Right. And so one of the things I had to do is just is note that feeling of resistance, of resisting gluten, actively resisting gluten and dairy, being like, oh God, 
And right. And my old school pattern used to be, well, let me just, like, I just got to get out of here. I just like, got to go do something different, right? Get my phone out or, you know, go leave the restaurant or go walk around or go to the bathroom. But like, no, actually, you know, what's so key is being able to allow that urge to be there and not have to do anything with it. Being able to take a, uh, you know, that pizza, put it right up to my face, take a big smell of it. And to just notice is that whole urge to eat the piece of pizza, it just comes and it goes, right? That's what it means to allow, to stop resisting and just to allow yourself in the moment to be really uncomfortable, right? Because if I'm sitting there and I'm like watching him eat the pizza and I'm like, oh my God, it looks so fucking good. I have to just learn to allow myself to want it and not fulfill that desire, right? This is the basis of how we decondition our brains. It's a, it's an amazing, amazing tool to have in your back pocket because you can essentially go to any, any place where you've been resisting or where the willpower won't work. And you're like, oh my God, every time I walk past the break room, I just want the donuts, right? If you, but right. And typically again, for those of us who are the executors of the world, we will come into those situations and we just want to busy our minds and not feel, we want to resist how we feel And we want to just busy ourselves with something else, right? Go do something different. Get out of the break room. No, I want you to go and learn to be able to sit in any break room, sit in front of any person, you know, eating pizza. I want you to go and learn and sit in front of a Facebook ad that has failed 10 times. And I want you to just allow yourself to feel all the feelings, to feel the fear, to feel the annoyance, the aggravation, the frustration, the joy, the pain, the disappointment, the discouragement, to feel all of it all of it to stop resisting just allow it to be there without having to change it that in of itself oh my god i mean honestly if you can learn to do that you can learn to do anything you can go out and build any business that you want you can you can bring on any new identity you could um, develop a, a 10 new identities over the next year you can do anything if you were willing to stop resisting and to start allowing all of those emotions and all of those thoughts without the judgment, without the shame, and without any of the other bullshit that comes along with it. Okay? Sometimes this is a hard one for people, and that's okay. That's why we've got coaches, right? That's why I do the work that I do. So that you can come to me and say, hey, but what in, in my situation, what do I have to do? Or not what do I have to do, but... What do I have to feel then? And I'll help you figure that out. It's super simple. Maybe not easy, but the approach is very, very simple. And once you learn these tools, again, you can take them and apply them in any area of your life. But you have to be, you have to be onto your brain and you have to be aware enough to notice how often do I resist, not only for my benefit, but when it is not benefiting me. How often does that resistance create struggle and strife and frustration for me? And is the juice worth the squeeze? And is there something I want to do differently? Right? That's what I want you to start thinking of. Okay? So for all of my high achievers out there, this week, I want you to just do a simple pause and a check. How many times do I resist feeling like I do? And even if you're like, I don't necessarily identify as a high achiever, but I would say if you're in our profession, if you're an advanced practice nurse, you're a high, high achiever. Let's just be clear. But um, I want you to just take a mental note of how often you resist how you feel and 
and want to swap it out and just go do something different so you can avoid that feeling. Just start to make a mental note of it and just see. Self-awareness is always the first step, right? When we're trying to change any behavior or we're trying to just get a little bit more, um, right, data, awareness is the first step, right? You can all want to manage, you know, blood pressures all you want and make sure people are, you know, walking around with normal pressures. But like until you actually become aware and take the blood pressure, we can't, act, we actually don't know what we're working with because, you know, hypertension is a silent killer. I could look at you. You could be walking around with a blood pressure of 190 over 110. Look totally fine. Right. We don't know until we measure. Right. So the same is true for you. How, how many times a week are you? resisting? Do you feel like you tell yourself you shouldn't feel like you do or you beat yourself up for it? How many times? Just take a simple count or just make it a simple, you know, a little post-it note on your desk. How many times do I do that? Then just, you know, let's just see. And then when we get some data, then you get to choose what you want to do about it. If you want some help working through that. Okay. That's what I'm here to help with, as you know. So, all right, team, I will see you next week. And a um, couple new conversations coming for you, for you with some of our uh, business leaders in and around Ohio and, and uh, across the country who I think are going to be so helpful to you um, in as you grow, go out there, build businesses, do amazing, epic shit, you know, and uh, do good and do well. Okay. So I will see you next time. Take care. Hey, when you're ready to make more money as a nurse CEO, I want to personally invite you to join Nurses Living the Good Life, my business coaching program for nurse CEOs who want to use business to do good work in the world and do well for themselves using my proven formula, a coach approach. Best part, you get immediate access to business coaching support, and there's a 30-day money-back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied with the program. Just head over to www.nurseslivingthegoodlife.com. Click join now and we'll see you inside.